Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of August 9, 2015. The ACB Memorial Walk is just about over for this year. And we have the following report. As of August 9, the Florida Hurricanes were number one with $16,810 raised for the walk. The Tennessee Brenda Dillon Mall Walkers were number two with $3,271. The Missouri Mules were number three with $2,633. The E-Racers from Kentucky were number four with 2317 the West Virginia Walkers were 2,230, and the Proud Prairie People were sixth with $1,783. There were a total of 17 teams participating, and as of August 7, the total raised for ACB and affiliates was $54,886. Thanks to all who walked and participated, and from the e-racers, Thanks to those who helped raise money, both for ACB, the Kentucky Council of the Blind, and for our chapters. Win a holiday gift card from our family to yours. The ACB Families is an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. ACB Families assists people who experience blindness or vision loss by providing peer support, information, education, and friendship. Our activities include informational meetings and conference calls on family-related topics ranging from financial planning to accessible gift ideas and holiday traditions and fun family-friendly activities at the American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention. ACB Families provides partial support for the Kids Explorers Club, which has fun, safe, and supervised activities for children attending the ACB conference and convention. ACB Families maintains a free email list where members and friends can discuss blindness issues of special concern to parents, children, and other family members. ACB Families is having a pre-holiday 2016 membership drive. If you become a member of ACB Families by October 31, 2015, you'll be entered into a drawing for two free holiday celebrations. The first prize is a $100 gift card, and second prize is a $50 gift card. Dues to ACB Families are just $8 a year. Send your 2016 dues right away to ACB Families, Adam Rushville, Treasurer, 148 Vernon Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40206. Join our next Families Conference call at 9 p.m. on Eastern Time on August 23, where we will be discussing the new United English Braille Code. The number is 605-475-6333 and the code 1711553. We celebrated the 25th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act last month, 
And on page two this week, Eric Bridges, ACB's Director of External Relations and Policy in Arlington, Virginia, looks back at where we have come from since the passage of the ADA in 1990, and then he looks ahead to the work that still needs to be done to help people who are blind or visually impaired to truly achieve independence and equality. He closes his segment with a comparison of the lives of people with low vision here in the United States as contrasted with those of blind and visually impaired people in other countries around the world. As a part of each week's Friday activities, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind has a speaker or sharing time during which we discuss a wide range of topics. On Friday, July 31, the Tri-State Library users, the Kentucky chapter of the Library Users of America, planned the program, and we were pleased to have Michael McCarty as our speaker. Many of you will remember Michael from the many years he co-hosted Soundprints, back in the day when we were a live weekly radio program. Michael now is the owner of the Radio Storm Internet Radio Station, and he produces his son Jonathan's sports show, which is heard right here on ACB Radio Mainstream each Friday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Michael demoed the Uplay iPhone app for us last Friday, July 31. If you've ever tried to access some of those great audio and video resources on YouTube, you know how difficult it can be to negotiate their very busy website and find what you want. Once you do find something you like, it's very difficult to find it again if you want to play it over. Michael showed us how, with Uplay, you can easily create folders and groups of favorites from YouTube so you can create your own library of information. He used old-time commercials, game shows, and other recordings and videos from the past as the theme for his examples during the demo. We bring you excerpts from his presentation on page 3. And on page 4 is the Soundprints calendar. Page 2. This morning I'm talking with Eric Bridges, who is the Director of External Relations and Policy with the American Council of the Blind in Arlington, Virginia. Welcome, Eric. Good morning, Carla. It's good to be with you. The ADA has just celebrated its 25th anniversary. And, Eric, I thought we would take some time and talk about where we have come from uh, with the ADA and what there is still to do related to the ADA and equality for people who have disabilities. So um, I'll let you just begin and take us where you think we need to, to go on the subject. Sure. Well, you know, undoubtedly the ADA has had a, a very significant impact on the lives of, of people with disabilities, um, but, you know, the, the community that we care about, the blind and visually impaired communities, has benefited from uh, the advocacy um, that many of our leaders put into uh, the, the bill that became law and then regulations um, back in 1990. So, you know, the, the concept of actually being able to independently identify uh, which floor you're going to go to when you get on an elevator, the Braille, uh, Braille in uh, 
places of public accommodation like buildings, hotel rooms. Uh, not really sure how blind people got around so independently in hotels um, before this. Uh, I'm sure there was a lot of uh, muscle memory with regard to what a printed number looked like um, when running your fingers over that. But, um, you know, there's been there's been a lot of good things, uh, you know, stuff uh, dealing with uh, just being able to travel. Um, yeah, I will tell you that being... I was convention coordinator for five years back in the 80s. And um, at the beginning of the conventions, we used to go around and put demo tape on all the sleeping room doors. Put the that is a lot of demo tape. It was a, <laughs> it was a lot of demo tape. <laughs> and, you know, and then you'd get the tape on and... Before people came in, some of the other guests would come along and peel some off to have for souvenirs. <laughs> <laughs> so you were constantly having to fix the demo tape. Yeah, but you know the, the 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 you know getting back to the travel, you know hotels, mm -hmm. but then also uh, utilizing uh, you know for folks that 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 have guide dogs, um, the assurance that that. They would have, you know, equal rights to be uh, in a place of public accommodation with their guide dog. Is oh, yeah. Else, um, is a big deal. And, you know, some of this is kind of interesting. There were some states ahead of the signing of the ADA that actually incorporated some of these rights through uh, state legislation. And, in fact, Virginia was one of those states. Um, that did what wound up being sort of a mini ADA, but you know, having having all that stuff, you know, today we sort of, well, I, I think we do uh, take it for granted because it's, it's become ubiquitous. Yes. Um, and uh, it, it simply wasn't the case. And I, you know, I am of a generation where in 1990, you know, I was I was in sixth grade, uh, and I had not lost. All my vision, so I have no frame of reference for what life was like for blind people, um, in particular, working age blind people. Um, uh, you know, before the ADA became a law and was implemented through regulations. So well, transportation too. <clears throat> transportation was a big. There was a huge difference in um, availability of transportation. You know, paratransit was just getting started, and it was optional. Uh, it was not required until the ADA came around. And um, so, you know, even back in, in into the 80s and late 70s, for example, the Kentucky Council of the Blind um, had classes and activities for people, and we actually owned our own van um, and then later a station wagon and paid a driver and they went around and picked people up because there was virtually no transportation for people in many parts of the area that today are covered by paratransit. Yeah, that's, um, it's, uh, it's astonishing. Um, you know, it, it, how, how much better things have gotten mm -hmm. with regard to transportation yes. and all the things that we've been been talking about, but right. you know, that sort of highlights where, um, also where still, you know, we need 
things to to continue to improve even more than what they have. Absolutely. There are a lot of uh, cuts in uh, in paratransit funding across the country in municipalities, and um, you know I'm uh, fortunate to live in a major metropolitan area, which um, affords me the opportunity to use different modes of transportation, um, which uh, folks that live, you know, in the Midwest or parts of the South or just in less populated areas uh, don't don't have that option. They have one option, and sometimes it's kind of a cruddy option. It's a less reliable option. And so that's, you know, that's an area where things need to continue to improve. And I, I would also say, you know, this law that we got signed by the president in October of 2010, the, the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, um, was and, and remains the most comprehensive piece of legislation for what it does uh, for, for providing access to information and communication services for people who are blind or visually impaired, as well as people who are deaf and deafblind. It's it's uh, it's a truly remarkable law, and it 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 it's only probably second to the ADA in the last 25 years for what it does for people with disabilities in a real practical sort of way. One of the challenges with this law is that you know it it makes you know the manufacturers of handset devices, you know, cell phones, smartphones. Um, it requires them. To be accessible, um, it requires them to have a, an accessible email client as well as an accessible internet browser on the on the device. But once you double tap or whatever you do on the <laughs> which will, with whatever device you've got, once you access the internet on that browser, it'll, you'll go to a website. Well, that website isn't covered by the CVAA. And in fact, that website, whether it's uh, an airline, nah, an airline site, that's not a good example, but uh, let's say an e-commerce site or uh, some other website that you're going to to access information, that that's not covered by the CVAA. And it's not, it's, it's, it's hard to say what it's covered by. There are arguments that it's covered by the ADA because of uh, what the Department of Justice has weighed in on in years past with regard to accessing uh, commerce over the Internet. But that hasn't been spelled out. And one of the things that is extraordinarily frustrating for us advocates in Washington is that five years ago the Department of Justice released what is called an advanced notice of proposed rulemaking which means the Department of Justice is interest, was interested and hopefully still is interested in looking at how the ADA applies to websites. And the advance notice means that they were starting at the very, very, very beginning of the process. They did it for the 20th anniversary of the ADA. And over the last five years, how much do you think has actually happened with that notice of proposed rulemaking? <laughs> uh, not not much. much. 
Now, that's not to say that, that the Department of Justice hasn't weighed in on certain complaints and other cases dealing with website accessibility. However, they have not taken action on their own proposed rulemaking. And it is, it's, it's uh, as I said, it's frustrating, but it's also, in some ways, very angering and very um, awkward and uncomfortable for not just uh, advocates, but, but for companies as well, because there's not something that's clearly uh, defined for mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. to be able to, to come into compliance. Mm -hmm. We all are aware that there are international standards that are accepted by many companies for how to make a website accessible. Um, but what needs to be done is there needs to be leadership from the Department of Justice in stepping out and saying, okay, here's what you need to do. And it mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily even need to be a step-by-step -step process, right? It doesn't need to be, here's what you need to do right now, this place and time, because that, as we all know, technology moves on. But there, do, there does need to be some, some sense of what is expected of companies when building a website or when uh, modifying or updating a website, um, some sort of expectation as to what some baseline standards are mm -hmm. so that uh, we can have equal access. You know, uh, There's been this sort of reframe that you know technology is the great uh, you know it, it levels the playing field yes it does <laughs> to a certain extent it right does. but um, certainly but not it, completely exactly and so this is one area where uh, I'll just I'll just say it uh, I feel like the Department of Justice saw an opportunity to um, do something splashy to to claim that they really were going to look into something mm -hmm. at the 20th anniversary, and they never, they've never really followed through. Now, I understand that industry uh, had, and probably still has, some concerns about moving forward with this, uh, but the Department of Justice clearly doesn't care about industry and certain other rulings <laughs> and certain other uh, investigations that they've conducted in areas outside the disability community. Uh, the, the, the longer we go without some sort of reasonable standards uh, or requirements, the more issues our community is going to encounter with websites that uh, maybe had been accessible at one point, and then the company decided to update the site, and accessibility was broken. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's stuff like that, and we're you know we're we're moving closer at least with uh, uh, Section 508 mm -hmm. uh, regs. At least it, it's looking like we may have some final regs uh, late this year. So that would be good, and it would be nice if there were similar things adopted or considered to be put in a final reg from the Department of Justice. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Well, and and there's always more work to be done. We we talked about the problems with transportation. <clears throat> uh, when you get out of the, when you get out into the rural areas, the problems are huge, and 
you know, the idea um, that, well, the, the, the transportation just needs to be equal to the public transportation. Well, in rural areas, there is no public transportation. And so you have nothing. And if you don't drive a car, you're just stuck. I don't know what the answer is with the rural transportation. There's really not a way to, um, to say we're going to make it just equal to what's already out there um, because there, there isn't any public transportation available for um, sighted people in an area that doesn't have enough population to have a bus. Um, sometimes they don't have enough people to have a cab. Um, but there definitely needs to be some options. Uh, I think some some um, <clears throat> something to address some of the issues related to in, intercity transportation as well. And um, you know, there, there's there's just issues that may or may not be ADA related, but certainly are um, related to leveling the playing field uh, and making it possible for blind people to get around um, and and blind people to, you know, you can't hold a job in some rural areas because you can't get to it. Uh, and, exactly. and that's an and, issue. And, and it's, um, it's one of those, uh, you know, almost like a, the chicken and egg scenario right. where you have um, people who are blind or visually impaired living in rural areas um, much of the time because it is less expensive um, right. to live there. There's a lower cost of living. They're able to, to you know, potentially own a home or a bigger, uh, have a, a, a larger, you know, space to live in. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but the challenge then becomes, okay, transportation, how am I going to get to the grocery store? How am I going to get to the pharmacy? But how am I going to get to work? Yes. And... Um, you know, the, the employment situation is one that um, is, a, is a sort of a multi-pronged challenge. I mean, you've got transportation, you have, uh, you know, sort of the accessibility of, of technology, which still, it's gotten much, much better. And I'm not saying that it hasn't, but there is still a ways to go. Um, to ensure, and, and websites are, is one key area. I mean, that, that not only exists for employment, but also for education. True. But you still, you know, and, and, and the ADA wrote in, you know, some uh, areas about, you know, discrimination. Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately, there still is discrimination that goes on um, by employers when... When they're looking to hire and they see somebody come in with a cane or a guide dog, um, there is still uh, discrimination that occurs. And right. So how how do we deal with all these issues as well, well as some issues uh, that that probably don't even pertain to the to the well, they don't pertain to the ADA, but right. you know entitlement programs and people living on entitlement programs that are frankly scared to get off of them. Right. Well, and even in the even in the the metropolitan areas, where you have the um, in a in a in an area where the um, ADA three quarter mile limit is imposed um, strictly, 
you know, it can be a real problem to to get around, to get to work. Something changes, the bus route changes, and all of a sudden you're out of the paratransit area. Exactly. And uh, so, you know, there's there's a lot of work still to be done in in many, many areas. But as you pointed out, we have come a very long way in the last 25 years. Hopefully it will be... Um, it will be a little easier to 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 make to address some of these issues, but none none of them are going to be addressed all at once. I think you pointing out the the CVAA from 2010 is really um, it's it's a great point because um, I think that if we were thinking in terms of if we could think in terms of would that would that have happened without the ADA, um, you know, it probably not, or it, it maybe may have been much more difficult to have gotten a bill like that um, without having the ADA preceded, you know, 20 years before. No, I totally agree. Uh, yeah. You know, the ADA um, has provided sort of the, the foundation for yeah. um, <clears throat> for a bill like the CVAA mm-hmm. and and others that have dealt with specific communities. You know, the ADA wasn't meant to be the panacea. Right. It wasn't meant to have all of the answers in it uh, for the disability community. Yeah. It it, um, helped to provide some some very fundamental, uh, solid uh, rights for individuals with disabilities um, that, you know, are are sort of foundational. But it, it... it could not the the folks that worked on it could not and you know uh, wouldn't have been able to see the future Correct. and and what was going to happen in our country what was going to happen with regard to te- uh, technology and transportation and other aspects um, yeah a, cu- a couple of other examples might be and some might be sort of unrelated but I, I still think that they happened more easily because of the ADA and one could be the change in the copyright law that made um, reading materials much more accessible to um, to people with vision issues and print print issues and um, we might also we could also think in terms of um, uh, other things, not just not just legislation, but maybe court cases like uh, ACB's success with, um, you know, getting the uh, Social Security Administration via the courts to um, supply, uh, to provide the information in Braille and other accessible formats, or um, the, you know, the accessible currency case. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we could point to, but. You know, they had to start somewhere, and we could even go back prior to the ADA and 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 note the um, education of the handicapped act in the in the 70s. And that was that was good. Um, you mentioned 508 in the Rehab Act, and my goodness, that started in what was that 1973 or 74? Yeah, 73. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, you know, and we're still talking about 508. Well, it, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're talking about 508, Section which was part of it, which yeah. is in the foundation of a yeah. couple of our lawsuits, right? Um, you know, and and the the, the Rehab Act, um, you know, to go along with, uh, you know, the Architectural uh, Barriers uh, Act in 1968 right. that that helped us 
sort of get into the whole right. uh, built environment and requirements for accessibility in the built environment. You yeah, go back. and here we are still, still addressing those issues. There was a, a hospital. There's a hospital here in town that um, had it, it. It I guess you would say uh, it sort of complied with um, some of the tactile marking issues related to the ADA. But a couple of years ago, someone was in that hospital, and guess where the braille markings were at the elevators? Above the elevator. So you you had to be about eight feet tall, you know, to read the braille. So um, and things are just we still encounter things that um, are not uh, that that aren't quite as they should be. Every year, when we go to a convention hotel, we start working with a convention hotel. Um, Marjorie Beeman goes in in November, October, November, and she goes around and looks at every single meeting room and sleeping room to make sure that the braille and the large print is correct. And Eric, she has pages and pages of things that either need to be corrected or that aren't there. Right. And this is 25 years later, and it's just, it's just the way it happens. Sometimes there will be Braille markings on rooms, but it will say the wrong thing. And what happens is that placard comes in ready to be put on the wall, and it's got the right print on it. And they never, the hotel staff, they don't, you know, don't have someone who reads Braille on staff, and they don't have someone come in to be sure the Braille is correct, and so the room says the wrong thing in Braille. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had that happen several times, inside inspecting hotels. You know what's interesting, though? Um, here we are, and we're com sort of, not complaining, but we're observing uh -huh. these, um, these uh, things that still need to be correct. corrected. Mm -hmm. um, but there are people living in countries around the world that, that aren't even... Uh, considered worthy of education because of right. disability. They're not they would not allowed out of, out of their home. Oh, they would never and go to a hotel. <laughs> exactly, and so um, what is what is really uh, makes me so proud to to live in this country is that we've come so far. Yes, and we've provided a lot of hope to people with disabilities around the world, and not just hope, but we've provided them. Uh, a blueprint for how to be able to uh, fight for uh, the rights that, that, frankly, every every person should have. True. Uh, True. That's uh, a great point. Irrespective of where you live. Yes. Um, these are rights. Yes. And uh, you know the the right the right to uh, you know a good education, the right to have the the opportunity to to become employed. Mm -hmm. um, the the right to be able to live on your own uh, yes. if if one can uh, demonstrate the ability to do so you right. know so right. there's you know there's uh, something really outstanding that we've done and we've highlighted through these various laws and all this and it is um it it's quite um, easy to see the shortcomings and to see the the challenges that we still face, True. because uh, as as people with who are blind or visually impaired, we know keenly what still needs to be done. But uh, you know, when when looking back on things, and when looking just uh, around the world, even in in some uh, first world countries, um, 
we have it really good. And, you know, that's we not do. to say we should rest on our laurels, <laughs> but, yeah. but we, uh, we've, we've fought really hard for the rights that we have. Some of the, some of the, um, the laws that we've had enacted mm-hmm. have helped because of the structure of our, of our government and our, right. uh, the Congress and the, the equal branches of government and people being willing to listen, which frankly is probably not going to happen in some of those countries around That's the world right. just because right. of how they're led. Right. But we've got, um, we have so much opportunity, uh, so much more than really anywhere else in the world. And, uh, it's it's pretty fantastic. I think there's a happy medium where we need to keep our eye on the prize, like what we want, but then also... Um, we do need to be so glad for what we have. Yes. And and when we look back and we see how far we have come, it 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 is a very happy ADA 25th anniversary. Yes. Yep. Well, Eric, thank you so much for talking to us today. It's really been great to review where we've come from and the things that we still have to do and that just lets you know that there's all kinds of work still to be done in the advocacy world. It never ends. It doesn't. Page three. Good afternoon, everybody. Can I have your attention, please? 5.12 p.m. Friday. Um, I am Sue Ellen Milo, as you all know, president of Tri-State Library Users, and I'd like to welcome you to this evening's event. Um, We are privileged today to have Michael McCarty from APH come to speak to us about, about radio and about history and sites where one can go to uh, find old radio clips and learn about different things in the history of Louisville radio. Please welcome Michael McCarty. We are going to talk some about history, of course, but since most of us are working on iPhones and stuff like that, what I thought we would do is take a look at a site that probably most blind folks don't usually think about right off the bat when they're thinking about searching for things. And the, the site we're going to look at is going to be YouTube, uh, which is primarily a video site. But YouTube has a ton of resources that we can check out. Now, most of us that have used the PCs know that the YouTube website is pretty awful with most screen readers. Mostly because it really wasn't designed you know, for access and, and it's, it's pretty rough to do some of the things on YouTube and make them screen reader friendly because they're all videos. And anytime somebody uploads a video, you get a little snapshot of a graphic. And of course, unless that graphic is labeled, then the screen reader doesn't read it, and all you get is a bunch of garbled up numbers and letters or whatever the picture happens to be. But with the iPhones, we have been able to get much more accessibility out of YouTube. And there's two apps that we're going to talk about. One of them is the official YouTube app, and another one is called Uplayer. It's Y-O-U Player, all written together. And it does have a charge to it. I want to say it's like, I don't know, $1.99, $2.99, something like that. But it's a great way to access YouTube and be able to do all the things with it that make YouTube actually fun to, to use. And so the way YouTube is primarily set up is you start off with a Gmail account. So if you have a Gmail account already, you already have access to YouTube and you can log in to it and start to do some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight. Getting a Gmail account, if you don't have one, is free. 
and it's mandatory. You have to have Gmail or some account associated with your Gmail in order to access the fun stuff of YouTube. Now you can go and watch anything on YouTube. You can search and do all that without having to log in, and that's perfectly fine. But the fun stuff is when you actually log into the site, and then you get to actually manage some things, and it gets pretty fun. And I'll show you about that here in just a little bit. But the way YouTube is set up is you, what they call your main screen or your main area is called your channel. So a lot of this stuff you think about TV, uh, this will start making a lot of sense to you. So everybody that's on YouTube has their own channel. And that would be cool enough in and of itself if it stopped right there. Everybody would have their own channel. You could go to different channels and watch whatever you wanted to watch. Anything that you personally upload, either from your iPhone or from a camera, uh, you know, video camera or from your computer, that goes onto your channel. And so that way people can come and they can watch any videos that you post. There's also this area called playlists. And playlists are where you get to design a section of your channel and you can set up as many of these playlists as you want to set up with as many videos in them as you want to put in them. Traditionally, most people put about 200 videos in and then they stop in a playlist um, because of indexing and stuff like that. And plus, it's just a lot to go through for people that are trying to look at all your videos. But each one of these playlists that you can create allows you to do a search on YouTube for a specific item. And each one of the items that you search for, you can add to a playlist. So let's say you're a fan of, I don't know, like me, classic commercials on TV. And you like commercials from maybe the 1950s. So if you do a YouTube search for 1950s classic commercials, you will probably come up with thousands and thousands and thousands of classic commercials from the 50s. And you can go through and watch the videos. And each one of the videos, if you decided you liked it, you could add it to a playlist. And then you could go watch another one and add that to a playlist. And on and on and on it goes. And so like on my channel right now, I have 100 playlists. And each one of those playlists is broken down into, you can break them down as specific as you want them. I've got mine broken down pretty good and I'm always kind of redoing them too because I'm like, I don't know, kind of, I don't know, picky about it I guess. <laughs> but I'll start off with like, mm, I started off with a playlist originally called um, soft drink commercials. That was one that I did originally. And then I got so many videos in that playlist that I eventually said, well, I got to start breaking this up. So then I started doing Pepsi commercials and Coca-Cola commercials and RC commercials. And so you started breaking up that original playlist into other playlists. And that's ended up how, how I ended up having 100 videos or 100 playlists on there. So the really fun thing about it, though, is that everybody looks for playlists. So you'll find that for too long, as you're making all these playlists, you'll start seeing people that are starting to watch your videos. I mean, there is not much that YouTube... They said that... Uh, I read a stat once that said there's like six days' worth of video posted to YouTube every two minutes. So you'll never run out of stuff to watch on YouTube. Most popular. Heading. All right, so when you first open up YouTube on just about any app, the first thing that you're going to see is the most popular videos that are currently on YouTube. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to swipe to the right, do a single finger swipe, and we'll go down this page here and just kind of give you an idea of what we got. Learn to fly. Foo Fighters Rockin' 1000 official video. Uh, everything wrong with the Incredibles in 10 minutes or less. Jimmy Kimmel on the killing of Cecil the Lion. Beasts of No Nation. Teaser trailer. Ink. Room vertical line official teaser trailer HD vertical line A24. Baby elephant calf versus birds. Latest wildlife sightings. 
The weakened. Can't feel my face. Uploaded by the weakened Vivo. The high voltage ejector dead. Uh, what happens when interracial couples get real about stereotypes? Uploaded by Complex. Three okay. minutes and fifty-two seconds. So you get the name of the video, the video. You get who up. You know who uploaded the video, and you get the length of the video. So if you want to stream that, you would just double tap it if you wanted to stream it, and it would start playing for you. So playlists. Playlists. There's your playlists. That's going to be if you tap on that, it'll show you all the playlists that you've created. Watch later. Watch later is a place you can also set videos to watch them later. So if you find something that's 45 minutes long and you don't have 45 minutes to sit and watch it, you can put it in your watch later list and come back to it. And YouTube will remember where you were, say if you watched 15 minutes of it, and you come back to the watch later list and you tap on it again, it'll start you off where you left off, no matter what device you played it on. So that's pretty cool. Add button. First thing we get is the add button. So if you want to create a playlist, this is where you go to do it. Tap on that add button and you'll get an edit box where you can give your new playlist a name and then start adding videos to it. So the next thing under that add button is going to be some of my playlists. Search playlists. Uh, search search box. You can search your playlist Double if you've got edit. a bunch of them like I do. Toys and games for everyone. 78 videos. Right, so first one that comes so up for me is select the custom action. Then toys and games for everybody. Toys for girls. 49 videos. Video games and systems. 46 videos. Toys for boys. 78 videos. Today's game shows. 17 videos. Eggheads. 15 videos. Eggheads is a game Swipe show from down UK. To select the UK. I'm a big fan of, of game shows, so that's what most of my page has on it. Tipping point. Six videos. Thatch phrase. 43 videos. 90s game shows. 39 videos. What's my line? Two videos. I've got a secret. One video. 60s game shows. 24 videos. 70s game shows. 46 videos. 50s game shows. 19 videos. 80s game shows. 102 videos. Space shuttle launch and landings. 160 videos. History of communication. 38 videos. Documentaries. 16 videos. Educational films. 45 videos. Training and demonstration videos. 11 videos. The chase. 20 videos. Temptation. 7 videos. Who wants to be a millionaire US? 35 videos. Who wants to be a millionaire? UK. 147 videos. The Price is Right Music. 30 videos. Wheel of Fortune with Pat Sajak and Vanna White. 5 videos. Who wants to be a millionaire music? 12 videos. Trivia Trap. 35 videos. So on and on and on it goes. Swipe up and down to select the custom action. Then double tap to activate. So you can watch. Double tap on, let's say, Price is Right game show or, you know. Then you double tap that and would it start playing or would it give you like another list? It'll give you the list of all the videos that are in that Jeopardy. playlist. 40 videos. So let's go to good old Jeopardy. In Jeopardy. Playlist. Back button. Jeopardy. November 13th, 1987. Yeah, 19 of 74, I think it said. Now we'll see if it'll stream from in here because I don't know what my data's like in here. Playlist. You've got to have a pretty good piece share. of data to start playback. Button. get some of Watermark. this to go. Watermark. Image. So let's see what happens. Display full screen. Yeah, yeah, we don't care about full screen. <laughs> Play video. Doesn't make any difference whether we get it or Play not. Play video. Yeah, it's buffering in here because our data's my data's a little slow in, in this room. But it would normally play the video Step for YouTube. you. YouTube. Settings. Search YouTube. There it goes. Video. Double tap to toggle controls. This is Miss Kim Elam from New York City. This is Mr. Kent Jarrell from Vienna, Virginia. And this is our champion, Mrs. Karen Streisman Recognize that voice, from anybody? Freeville, New York. <laughs> anybody know that voice? These As the announcer? Will today Saturday Night Live. Jeopardy! And now, here's the star of Jeopardy, Art Fleming. Good morning, Thank you, Thank you, Don Pardo. Don Pardo. Good morning. 
Now, a good one for you. Thank you. The question for the day, good morning, players. Look at the board now as we all play Jeopardy. Thank you. Friends, viewers, and players, the day's new category is play it by ear. Then it's followed by sports. Four letter words, animals, travel and tourism. You got to hear the doors slide on this, too, because they don't do like they do on the current Jeopardy. Now we know it means that the round is over. Kim, Kent, and Karen, the three Ks, make up the panel this day. And Karen, this is your second try for the championship. It is up to you to please start today's game. Travel and tourism for 10. The answer is up to 100 may be included in your tobacco quota. You can hear the door slide after they call out the category. Cigars. Cigars is right, yes. Travel and tourism for 20, please. The answer is U.S. planes were recently (laughs) granted landing rights in this city, northeast of Shannon, Kent. Uh, What is... Um, Londonderry. No, sorry. Ladies, Karen Kim. <laughs> Northeast is Dublin. Dublin. Try it again, please, Karen. Travel and tourism for 30. The answer is Louis the 14th mounted okay, silver. so. You can watch that whole video. Heading level one. They were pressing the button before he was finished. Yeah, they allowed him to do that on that show. They don't on our current one. But yeah, back then you could... Uh, Push the button and, and yeah, faster you did it, faster you got to answer it. But the video. and it was Slide weird too, because he didn't stop reading the question either. He always read the question all the way through. I love them. Remembering 911, 22 videos. There you go, Slide Adam. There's a folder that I created. Action. Then double tap to activate. Hush, voiceover. There's a photo that I created called Remembering 911. So I've got a bunch of those videos. And the really neat thing from a historic point of view, which is sort of why we're here, even though we're kind of getting off into game shows. <laughs> But the reason why this is so cool is because I like history, too, as well as game shows. And if I had chosen a different life, I probably would have been a history teacher and maybe should have been one. But to me, to be able to go to a site like YouTube and actually watch history as it unfolds is pretty darn cool. And there are people who have historic events uh, up here that, you know, if you want to go back and see the day that Kennedy was shot, you can go, and I've got it on my playlist, one of my uh, playlists is Kennedy. You can go in and watch the original broadcasts from the day it happened. And they're like, some of them are six, seven, eight hours long broadcasts uh, of that actual day. So, you know, space shuttle stuff, I've got some of that. Um, you know, Challenger accident. Some of the video, like one of them is how to date. And it was from like 1941, I think. And it was really odd. I mean, they had... They had some pretty strange stuff back then, so. And the original Price is Right, not with Bob Barker, but go back even further than that with Bill Cullen. The old black and whites. Yeah, Bill Cullen, mm-hmm. Yep, he was the first Price is Right, and Price is Right was a whole lot different then than it is right now, the one that we have currently. Even when Bob Barker was doing it, it's a lot different than that. Got a bunch of those, XBMC's my big thing. How to test an AA battery. Easiest way for any battery fast, easy. Up, how to oh, test yeah. an AA battery. Easiest way for any battery fast. Adam, did easy. you know that if you dropped a double A battery on a table, that if it lands Plays on its video. end, Slide it's a good battery. If it falls over, it's a bad battery. Double tap to activate. I did not know that. No. This video will show. Yeah, this video will show that this guy gets batteries and he just drops them. If they land on their end, they're good. Cleaning the record with wood glue. Uploaded by Getafunk 13. Four minutes. It's one of my favorite videos right here on YouTube. It's cleaning a record. To select the custom action. Either a 45 or an album using wood glue. No, it actually doesn't. You put the wood glue on the on the on the vinyl part, and you let it dry, and then you can come back the next day, 
and peel the wood glue off. And when you peel it off, it peels off all the dirt and stuff out of the grooves of the record. So, and it works really good. I've tried it. It works pretty good. Yeah, works pretty good. The other one that I have not tried because it was going to make an even bigger mess, <laughs> but I hear it works just as well, is to use pancake syrup. Which also gives you the advantage of your record smelling really good when you get done, see? Instead of smelling like the old dusty uh, shelf that they were on, they can smell like pancake syrup. And so a good way, and you'll want to write this one down in your memory banks somewhere, if you want to find a full episode of something on YouTube or anything that's longer than, than about 10 minutes long, you can do a search for, let's say you were doing, I don't know, Little House. So if you do Little House on the Prairie and put a comma at the end of it and a space and the word full, F-U-L-L, -L, then YouTube will sort every video that it has on Little House, but it will only bring back results that are longer than 10, 15 minutes. So that'll give you a better chance of finding the full episodes instead of little clips of, you know, Laura running through the woods or whatever. Apparently Back so. Cook time. There's nothing like What do you say we have dinner together? Wonderful. Where? Oh, someplace where we don't have to dress, like your apartment. <laughs> Cook time is anytime, anywhere. It's always time for ice-cold Coca-Cola. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, if you had to have a Coke with Marilyn Monroe, that's the way to do it, I suppose. Commercial. Coke keeps you thin. 1961. Ah, here we go. Coke. Video. Net. I never knew this. Back button. This is very important stuff here you learn on YouTube sometimes, too. Coke keeps you thin. I had no idea. You know, this was me five years ago, and it's still me. As I confess, I'm a waistline watcher from way back. Well, that's enough for today. Now for a lively lift. Ice-cold Coca-Cola. There's no waistline worry with Coke, you know. Actually, this individual size bottle has no more calories than half a grapefruit. And of course, she has to sample it for us. Mmm, another thing, the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Coke's a natural, wholesome blending of pure food flavors. I guess that's why everyone likes the refreshing new feeling you get, only from not-too-sweet Coca-Cola. And no wonder, lively, lifty Coca-Cola provides a welcome bit of quick energy between meals. And Coke commercials Thanks are long, too. pleasant pause in a busy day. <laughs> and remember, Coke is low in calories, too. Say, now, don't you get any thinner. Yeah, they were... Video. Coke Back was so uh, low in calories, that's why they had to come out with Back diet button. Coke. Everybody heard me was that one. So it's 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 a fun it's a fun app, and the UPlayer app is just as accessible. Each one of them has a little bit of differences. It's like what's more accessible than the other one. The UPlayer works the absolute best with voiceover. That's what it was designed for. But the, U, the regular YouTube app does pretty well, too. Do you know if there's an equivalent app for Android? There, well, the YouTube app is over on Android. They have one for just the regular YouTube. Uplayer is only available on iOS. Okay. Um, I, I have a question about, there's, there's a website, isn't there, that has 
Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple of them. Um, one of them is wacky79.com. That has a bunch of old clips on it from uh, back in the day. Uh, there's, I think there's one called louisvilleradio.org. I don't know if that, that one was still up. I think it's still up. And that's got a bunch of them on there too, some duplicates. Probably the best one though is the Wacky 79 and they've got links to other websites too in their resources section. So anyway, right. you guys check out the YouTube site and Uplayer and all that. Carl's already got the app, sounds like. <laughs> Page four, the SoundPrints calendar. Unless otherwise indicated, you can join conference calls listed on this calendar by dialing 605-475-6006 and entering code 294444. On August 11, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind Board will meet from 9 to 10.30 a.m. at the Bluegrass Council office 1093 South Broadway, Suite 1230 in Lexington. Also on August 11, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have its next meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. It will be at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 for more information. August 13 is the next Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind meeting. Join them at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at 605-475-4700. Enter code 155619. August 14 and 15 is the Crossroads Conference, hosted by the Kentucky Council of the Blind and underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. Crossroads will be held at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. Out-of-town guests are staying at the Ramada Inn on Zorn Avenue. Room rates are $70 per night plus tax, and KCB is providing transportation from the hotel to UCHM. Activities get underway on Friday evening with registration at 5 p.m., followed by dinner at 6, a speaker and activities. Then on Saturday, we begin with coffee and donuts at 8.30 in the morning, sponsored by Guide Dog Users of Kentucky. Classes beginning at 9, lunch at noon, classes again from 1 to 4, followed by a mock business meeting at 4 p.m. Dinner is at 6 with a speaker and wrap-up. For more information, contact the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. Spaces are very limited in Crossroads, so give us a call as soon as possible. August 16, the Kentucky School for the Blind alumni will hold its board meeting on the conference line at 8 p.m. And on August 17, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will meet at 8 p.m. on the conference line. On August 20, the Bluegrass Council will have its night at the Thursday Night Live in Lexington from 5.30 to 9 p.m. at the Fifth Third Pavilion in Cheapside Park on Main Street. For more information about this fun event and to find out how you can help the Bluegrass Council, call 859-259-1834. On August 21, we invite you to the Greater Lowell Council of the Blind Friday Night Activities. This week, it will include... The EdTech time from 3.30 to 6, dinner at 6 p.m., bingo from 7 to 9, 
and cards and crafts from 7 to 10. For more information, please call 502-895-4598. On August 22, the American Printing House holds its final film festival activity for the summer, 1230 to 3 p.m. at the American Printing House for the Blind, 1839 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. This is the last in a three-part series of documentaries about blindness, and it's followed by moderated discussion. It's free, but registration is required. Phone 502-899-2213 to register. On August 23, ACB Families will have its program on the new United English Braille Code and how it will affect both kids and adults. Join this free conference call at 9 p.m. Eastern by dialing 605-475-6333 and entering code 1711553. On August 24, the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will have its next membership conference call at 7 p.m. on the conference line. August 26 is the Bluegrass Council VIP meeting from 12 to 2 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council office in Lexington. 1093 South Broadway, Suite 1230. Lunch is followed by a program on emergency preparedness presented by the Red Cross. Call the Bluegrass Council at 859-259-1834 for more information and to sign up. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at com. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.